You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics in this game, and that is efficiency. So how do you become a more efficient volleyball coach and player? And why is efficiency so important? Why is it something that is always being talked about? And why should you care about it? Well, we're going to dive into everything efficiency, and you're going to see why you need to start being more efficient in your game. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to episode 13 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Uh, Listen, if you're a first time listener, welcome to the podcast. Um, If you're a regular listener, we got another great one for you today. Uh, we are going to talk about efficiency. Uh, before we start, I do want to wish everyone a good luck um, who is you know, going through the tryout process right now, whether you know, you're a coach or a player. I know it, it's, a, it's always a, a tough time. Uh, you know, it's, it's nervous. Uh, you got a lot of nerves. I mean, it, but it's a lot of fun too. Right? Tryouts are great. Uh, and you know what? If you guys want more information on tryouts, I want you to listen to episode four And in episode four, I talk about everything tryouts from how we do our tryouts. So if you're a coach and you want to know some strategies on how to approach your tryout, um, or if you're a player and you're interested in, you know, knowing what coaches are looking for in tryouts, episode four has you covered. So before your tryout, go listen to it. And I think you should get a couple of good takeaways from it. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about tryouts, uh, but I do want to wish everyone the best of luck with it. Go take a look at episode or take a listen, sorry, to episode four, and you'll get um you get some good insight. And if you're a regular listener of the pod and you you know you like what you hear, uh, do me a favor. Can you please uh, reach out and subscribe uh, to the channel, rate and review the podcast uh, because I, I really appreciate it. And I, and I do look at the reviews and, and the ratings because I, again I want to you know make sure I, I do episodes that you guys enjoy and stuff like that. All right. And I mean always I, I mean and if, if you guys ever want more information, I'm sure many of you are following me on Instagram. Now my Instagram is Brian Singh underscore coach B, but I give a lot of you know daily video tips on there as well. So always a good source to go and guys you know for resources when it comes to volleyball. So let's talk about efficiency. All right. Now the reality is is that I could talk about efficiency for hours and hours and hours and I still probably wouldn't cover as much of it. So what I want to do in this episode is I want to paint the picture of efficiency so you can get an understanding of why it's important and and how much it can really change your game. I mean, it's incredible what efficiency can do. So and it all starts with tryout. Now, I'm not going to talk about tryouts in this episode. I actually do talk about efficiency when it comes to tryout in episode four. So go listen to that about. It's really about how to be, how to run an efficient tryout, how to have an efficient tryout, and how to how to be efficient as a player too. So it's really good. So I won't talk about tryouts. I'm going to kind of focus in more on on drills and practice because I think that you could take away um, a ton from and just it's just it's valuable. Uh, so. 
Um, let me let me share a story with you. I shared it um, on the uh, the interview with, with John Spra, um, men's national team coach and head coach at UCLA, about some clarity that I got in his practice. So when I when I went into his practice uh, a couple of years ago, um, he was doing a passing drill, and I've I mean I'm I'm known for for being a, a passing coach. I shouldn't you know what? No, I shouldn't say that. I'm known for a vertical jump coach, but passing is one of those things that I've I spent so long dialing in because one it's passing and serving are the most important parts of the game, and passing is one of the um, skills that people struggle with the most. So. I thought I had passing drills down. Well, I didn't. I went into his gym and he was doing a passing drill and it was with so much purpose and intent that I I was just like, wow, that makes a lot more sense in the way we've been doing our passing drills. And I went back home to Toronto and I started implementing it right away and our passing efficiencies went up. Our passing numbers went up and it was incredible and it had nothing to do with technique or fundamentals it was all to deal with how we were structuring the drills how we were structuring the passing practices and stuff like that so nothing to do with um technique and fundamental which is interesting so uh, i'm gonna and i'm gonna get to that but basically just understanding that like the why it's important like i want you to imagine the fact that you know i'm a i'm a i'm not a rookie coach anymore Right, I'm a pretty veteran coach. To, I mean, to say the least, I've been doing this for 12 plus years as a competitive coach, and thinking that you know, I figured out. Well, I have some good passing drills, but it wasn't nearly as good as Spiraz was, and Spiraz was just it was simple, and that that moment of clarity changed the way that I started looking at drill set entirely, and that's where efficiency and clarity comes in. So let's just start with practice. Okay, I want, I want to start with basic. Let's start with practice. So one of the things that I, and this is a John Kessel um, statement here was, you know, when you're warming up, I want you to ask yourself, when you're warming up in the gym, are you warming up using the net or not using the net? And the reason I ask that question is because a lot of people pepper where they're not involving the net. And if you have a ton of players on the court, and I, I get that sometimes it's not practical to use one net, but... I can, I'll argue, if you have 9 to 12 players on the court, you can still absolutely warm up using the net. And the reason is, you know, if you think about it, peppering is, yeah, it's a good warm-up, but is that going to affect your game at all? Is peppering, is there any correlation from peppering to in-game performance or things you're going to take from this from peppering to, and, and perform it in a game? The reality is it's not. But if we were now to take that same pepper and put it over a net, now you're taking a ball that's being hit across a net, which is 100% reflective of what you'd see in a game. So something as simple like that of taking a warm-up drill and making sure that you use the net is incredibly important because that is going to translate to a game. So all of a sudden, we're warming up now more efficiently than we were previously just by implementing the net. Now, what I've done, if I have multiple, if I have a lot of players, I'll break the net up into multiple sections. Like we'll go into three different sections on the net and you can have three to four players per section and you're still warming up using the net and you can be very creative in how you do it. But, you know, and it could be very simple. Like I'm not, I'm not talking about serve and pass here. I'm talking about ball control over the net, you know, bumping, uh, 
to a target and then you, and you cycle through or you set and bump or keep rallies going or whatever the case is and you could get very creative in cycling players through so to give you an example of like you're peppering over the net you know you can have let's say you're using three players well one player is hitting over one player is now receiving and the receiver can receive to the setter the setter can then set that same receiver and the receiver hits the ball over the net. And the setter now just goes underneath the net each time, right? So one person's focusing on their hands, one person's, and then the other two players are focusing on their ball control up top and their ball control at the bottom. And then when you guys uh, make a mistake, you rotate. So it's the almost the exact same thing as peppering. Uh, you still get the same amount of reps in. It's just more efficient now because we're using the net. And that's, that's the big part. That's the huge part. We're using the net. Okay. So let's move on. One of the key things I always talk about is giving measurable feedback. So we really like to stat as much things as possible in practice. And one of the key things we stat is passing, obviously. So there's a very simple passing app that you can download. It's called Passing Stat. Very simple. Um, it's a, it was created by a teacher in San Diego. And I think he was doing it to help his wife uh, at, at, uh, at volleyball practice, or it could have been himself. I wasn't sure. I think it was his wife. And really simple. It's a simple app. And what it does is, is when your players pass, you give them a rating. So you can go one, two, or three. And you, then you, at the end of it, you get the average. So it'll tell you exactly how many balls they passed, how many ones, how many twos, how many threes, how many zeros, and it'll give you an average. So you can give them a number associated with how they did, which is incredible because this is measurable feedback because what this does now is the next time that that athlete goes to pass, then they're going to be like, okay, well, I passed a 1.5. I want to try to beat that. So it gives them a goal. It gives them that that reinforcement to you know maybe dial in a bit more than they were before. It also maybe can it now... You know, they may not even be aware that they're not passing to the level that they want to be at, but because there's a number now associated with their performance, right, they have a goal. They can work towards something. So it is huge. Like, uh, like something like simple as passing, uh, statting your passers in practice is really, really important. Um, another thing I want to mention is the use of a whiteboard. Now, I was actually really against this when I was a young coach because I was like, listen, I don't have time to use a whiteboard. I know what we're going to do in practice. I'm just going to tell the kids what we're going to do and we're going to do it. They don't just see it. But that was because my interpretation of using a whiteboard was completely different than what it is now. A whiteboard isn't just to show them what they're going to do for today. So let's say we have a whiteboard agenda, whatever, and we have like, you know, first number one, we're going to do this drill number two we're gonna do this drill number three we're gonna do this drill right that's not what a whiteboard the whiteboard isn't designed just to tell them what drills are gonna do for today a whiteboard is designed to minimize time so you can be more efficient in your practice because players will already know what's happening and where to go before you don't have to say anything so let me give you an example so if you're doing a drill which requires certain players on the court and certain players not on the court well instead of saying, okay, guys, we're going to do this passing drill. I want, you know, John Allen, two, you know, position one and two. I want this person. Instead of, you know, spending minutes just assigning players where to go, it's already on the whiteboard. So when we're doing drill two now, they just look at the whiteboard and they see all the combinations. Okay, they see their names and they see where they're supposed to be. And it makes your life so much easier because they just go. 
And if it's a drill that you've already done, you don't have to explain the drill. They just know where to go. You know how much time, and I don't know if coaches listeners can relate to this, but when I was a young coach, I spent a ton of time trying to figure out where to put players in the middle of practice just to make sure everything worked. This is where practice planning comes in beforehand. This is where putting it on a whiteboard beforehand will help because players know what to expect. They can refer back to it during practice. And even when we're scrimmaging and doing wash drills, they know where to go because they know they can see their name on the board or, or initials or whatever it is, and they'll know where to go. So you, your, your practice now becomes much more efficient. You just saved yourself at least five or 10 minutes of practice, maybe even more by explaining where players have to go or, or even worse, thinking about it during practice because you don't want to do that. You want everyone to be, to know where to go already. So, you know, Using the whiteboard, but using the whiteboard efficiently um, is really important. Okay, it's really, really important. All right, so let's go to um, my favorite passing drill. And this is the one that uh, I I got from Spra, where I, I actually had the same passing drill, but I modified it to, to make it more efficient. So um, this may be tough listening to it out loud, but I want you to picture this, okay? Now, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're not driving, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to picture, you know, Three passers on one side, three passes on the other side. Okay, you have a serving side and a serving side. So you have two serving sides. So both sides are serving, and you have three passers and three passers. And then you have two targets who are normally your setters, who are setting. They may not be your setters. Maybe they're just coaches who are catching the ball. Okay, so let's just imagine we have servers on one side, servers on the other side. We have three passers on one side, three passers on one side, and then we have two targets. And then the coach blows the whistle. The servers can serve at the same time, right? Because again, one set of servers are serving to three passers. The other set of servers are serving to another three passers. So they can serve at the same time. And then we pass, we pass, we pass, and we just get a lot of reps in, right? A lot of reps. Now, that's what I was doing for a long time. Now, the reality is, is that you're going to have a player out of the three players that are passing who may not see a ball for five or six serves, and then you throw in serving errors in there and you know you throw in inconsistencies and stuff like that and you can have a player going for a while without touching a ball and then when they do touch the ball for the first time they may not they may not get a ball back for a while so that doesn't sound efficient does it well that's what i was doing for a long time and i i think that's a very common drill so many of you may have been doing this too so what we did was and i got this from spra so i'm not going to take credit for it but what we did was is we eliminated a passer so now we took one passer out, one passer out. So now we only have two passers. Now the reality is, is that you're only passing, you're only ever passing beside two people anyways. Like, the, like if you're playing out of six, you're passing uh, besides two players. If you're playing out of one or five, you're only passing beside one player. So, that, so that, that's a good thing. And by focusing only on two passers, they now are going to get balls, they're going to get multiple repetitions. So they get way more reps than they were with three passers because right? we just eliminated 33, 33% of the court. You're also going to be training your servers to serve to a specific location. They're not just going to be able to serve wildly now. Now you're going to be like, okay, so our passes are in, uh, let's say, for example, they're in one and six. So now our servers are going to be trained to serve to one and six in that seam, in that area. They're not serving a five anymore because there's no passer in five. So now we're, we're training our servers to be more efficient. <laughs> Excuse me. We're making sure that our passers are getting enough reps. And now I'm going to take it a step further and tell you that 
the people that are passing beside each other, you want them to be the same people that are going to be passing beside each other in a game. So it's not random pastors that are just getting that you're just putting there. You're thinking about this beforehand and you're strategically putting the pastors in there who are going to be passing beside each other in a game. Now that's even more efficient. And to take it a step further, we are going to time these drills. So we do what we do is we do two to three minute rounds. So two rounds of, you know, the same passers in, or sorry, one round, two minutes, whatever the case is, we go, everyone gets to serve, passer, passer, pass. When the two minutes is up, a next group will come in. Now, sometimes one passer may stay on the court. Um, sometimes both passes come off and new passers come in. But it's all calculated to the, the people who could potentially pass beside each other in a game. And guess what? We're using a whiteboard. So I don't have to tell the players who is coming in and who's coming out. They already know because the names are already on the whiteboard. So after the first round, the second round comes in, players know where they're going. So we just reset the clock and start again instead of taking at least a minute to say, okay, uh, you know, Jay come out and, you know, John come in or whatever the case is, right? That, that just takes too much time and we just revamp and go again. So we eliminated a passer. We made sure that the passers get more reps. We're now training servers to serve to a certain location, which is better for them. We're maximizing our practice time by doing this. We're maximizing the reps on both parties. And then our setters get great consistent reps too, because now they're getting the ball from one location at a time instead of all over the map. So they may get like all the balls out of one and six. Then when we do the next group, we might have like a passer out of five and six and so forth. So you see how everything is more efficient and calculated just based on adapting one simple strategy to a passing drill. And ever since I had that moment of clarity in Spraw's gym, I use that same philosophy to apply to all of my passing drills and all of my hitting drills and stuff like that. I want to make sure that what anytime I, I'm, I'm doing a drill, how can I maximize the number of repetitions we can get in a given time? How can I maximize the quality of those repetitions as well? Not just about getting good reps, but getting quality reps. And then, and then if I can train multiple of those at the same time, like, like the passing drill I just described, I'm now being efficient for the servers. I'm now being, being efficient for the passers and the setters. That's a triple win. And that's huge. So, you know, that is one way that you can 100% uh, get way more efficient in your practice. Okay. Um, so players, uh, this is not, that, that was more for coaches to set it up like that, but players, you could implement this too in your own training, right? Instead of doing potential, like it's the same thing. If you had three pastors, yeah, players, if you're doing drills on your own, same thing, minimize the amount of people that are in the drill, maximize the reps, and then you can minimize the time that's spent doing these particular type of drills. All right. Um, so I hope you can take that back to your gym. That's one of my that's one of my key pocket secrets. So only people that are listening to this podcast and the people that are inside DVA um, they get they they get to know all my little secrets. You guys are gonna get only a taste of my little secrets. All my big time secrets, like what I just shared with you, they're all inside DVA. So if you are if you are interested, by the way, DVA door, doors are closed to DVA, um, but you could join the waitlist. Just go to um, digitalvolleyballacademy.com and you can join the waitlist and you'll be the first to be notified when we open up doors. We're going to be opening up doors in 2021. So uh, depending on when you're listening to this, 
um, you, may, you may have a lot of time. You may not have a lot of time, but yeah, go go to Digital Volleyball Academy and sign up for my waiting list, and you'll be first to know when doors open to DVA, where you get all the inside access to all the stuff we do in our gym. And you imagine like I, like this drill changed like my coaching my it changed the way I look at drills and it changed the way that I approach practice just because of this one drill. That's the great thing about being around great coaches is you just need that one idea and it can completely change the way that you do certain things. That's what, that's every time I, I go down and work with Spra in, um, at UCLA, I, I, there's always a one idea I take one idea that I take away from it. And it's incredible what it, what it can do for you as a coach. Now I'm, I try to be that mentor coach to a lot of people, uh, inside DVA and they're, they're, they always tell me they're making breakthroughs every day because of the stuff they're learning inside of it. So I'm really happy I can do that for people. Um, so let's get back to this practice idea. So, you know, quick, what I would say is after practice, now this is more of a, of a coaching thing. Even players can do this actually, but after practice, you want to make sure you have a coach's debrief, a, qu- a quick conversation. You talk about the good things that happened, the bad things that happened. Maybe you need to focus on a specific player a bit more. Right? There's a lot of things that can happen um, in practice that you may not get to get a chance. Like you don't, you don't want to end practice. Everyone come in, great job today, whatever, whatever, and then go. Everyone goes their own way. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure you have a conversation with your coaches so you guys are all on the same page. You guys know what, what you need to focus on moving forward, and it's, it's just really quick. Sometimes you may need to have a conversation with a player or whatever the case is, but have these conversations. Don't let anything go. Don't let, don't let the day go by without having a conversation about the performance of that practice. You have to. Because okay? how else are you going to get feedback? How else are you going to be able to come up with a plan going forward? You have to talk about it. I mean, if you're a coach by yourself... And you don't unfortunately have a, a you know a staff or an assistant coach to help you. Then this is something. This is like I mean I don't want to sound weird by saying you have to have a conversation with yourself, but it, but essentially you have to reflect. You maybe you write it down like what what were the good things about this practice? What were the bad things about this practice? What do you need to focus on going forward? You know what I'm saying like things like that is is what you'd have to do. So really quick, doesn't take long. Quick coaches debrief, uh, and you'll be surprised at how much more clarity you can get just by doing that alone. All right, so like I, I would definitely recommend you know trying it. Um, another key point that I, I like to mention to coaches as well is know your players. You really, really, really have to know your players um, because the more you the more you know your player, the, the better you're going to be able to coach them and serve them um, on a higher level. Now, you may be like, and I always t- tell people, you know, there, in volleyball there are general rules, right? And I'm, I'm sure you've heard me say this many times, but like when when I when I teach right side hitters to, to come in and swing, so if you're swinging on the opposite, I teach you one one foot outside the court, like a step outside the court and come in on that 6-5 seam. That's what I teach. But not everybody is efficient that way. Like we had a right side who did, who, who could um, hit all three shots better coming in on the line. Because right? that's, that's how you gauge it. The reason that I say come in on that 6-5 seam is because you have the ability to hit all three shots, the line, the cross, and the sharp cross. But we had a player who couldn't hit all those three of the shots like that wasn't their best angle of approach we found that when they come in on the line for whatever reason biomechanically their body was just much better at making all three of those shots coming on the line so that's what we did but we would have never known that if we didn't get to know our player have a conversation with our player see what is comfortable for our player is that that's what we had to do so really get to know your player one-on-ones are extremely important so on our team we have one-on-ones at the beginning of the season in the middle of the season and at the end of the season. And one-on-ones are really simple. You sit down with the player 
you can you kind of can tell them you know how you feel about them like you know their their strengths or weaknesses whatever you know and what we do is all our coaches kind of go through and tell the players you know this is what we like this is great this is what we're looking forward from you you know stuff like that and it gives them a chance to voice their concerns or um, comments or whatever or their thoughts towards you and they can tell you like oh I'm enjoying the season or I'm not really happy because of this or I really wanted my one of my goals is this and and you know we have a conversation with the players at the end of it we always make sure we establish a goal. So what's your goal going forward? And I make sure I write it down and we follow up with them. All right, things like that, really important to have one-on-ones. You wanna connect with your athletes on a personal level, okay? You wanna have that good relationship with them. Um, Another thing that's really important is team meetings. Team meetings are huge. Uh, We have them once a week um, for for our college team, once a week. And again, an opportunity for everyone to just talk. Just talk. It could be about anything. Sometimes, like I mean, I, I I generally lead them by you know talking about everyone has a goal. What is one thing everyone's going to sacrifice this year? Um, you know, how is everybody feeling? Like, is anyone stressed? Uh, and we just share. We just share, and it's really good because it gets you guys really close. Gets everybody on the same page. We always ask the players like, do you guys have any concerns? Da da da. It gives us away a time away from the court where they can just talk to us as as people, and it's really important. All right, so team meetings are definitely important. Um, and then I think um, I, I did share this. I've, I have shared this in the past, but I'll, I'll, I'll just share it again. But one of my favorite stats um, for game review, like post-game review, is side-out percentage. So side-out percentage based on rotation. So I want to know which rotation will be the poorest siding out and why. And then the next practice, we're going to really focus on that rotation to make sure we figure out why it was poor, like why we were poorly why, sorry, why we executed poorly on that rotation, and maybe we can fix it. Maybe we can look at other options. But it's really, really important for us that we look at our side-out percentage based on rotation. And that makes us a more efficient team going forward. All right? So just to recap real quick, so we talked about um, efficiencies at practice, you know, measurable feedback, um, understanding how to, to warming up with the net, we talked about using the whiteboard. We talked about um, drill planning and my and why I know my passing drill that I talked about. Uh, we talked about the debrief after practice for coaches, uh, and then we talked about knowing your players and my uh, my favorite stat. So, really efficient. And this is just a taste of efficiency, guys. Like this is uh, just a small taste of what efficiency really is about. And, and I mean, honestly, for me, is efficiency is how can you maximize your time on the court to the like to the best of your ability like how do you make the best use of that time and the more uh you know like for us the the more quality reps we can get the better we're going to perform right the worst thing is to have a two-hour practice and not maximize those two hours you know maybe you're not maybe you're spending way too long on a drill and the kids are not getting enough touches on the ball you know these are things you got to take into consideration now i'm just gonna give you guys some more i'm not gonna talk about it but you know you also i also also want you to think about specializing in groups you know for certain practice have you know the passers go to one side have the middles focus have the setters focus give them that individual attention because there's a lot of times in a season where players don't get a lot of individual attention because you're so worried about the team goals and the team aspects when in reality i mean the players are pieces that make up the team and you got to really focus on the pieces before you worry about the you know the team as a whole so things like that i would definitely you know pay attention to um and i'll, I'll leave it at that because i don't want to flood you guys with too much ideas but 
But efficiency is huge. I'm a big part of it. And every time I come up with a new breakthrough, I share it inside Digital Volleyball Academy. And so our members can go and apply it right away because that's the one thing that I, um, I, 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 that's one of my big goals is, is try to be an, a more efficient coach every single year. And um, I think that I have been doing that and I'm going to continue doing that. And it, it actually like that, that tactic, whatever, I don't, I don't know what you want to call it, but, but focusing on efficiency, I find the better I get at being a, a more efficient coach, all the other things improve as well by default. You know, like just, just opening my mind and thinking about, you know, drills in a different way, change the way I do all drills and my philosophy about practice in general. See, that one little piece of clarity that I got changed my whole perception of practice, which is incredible. It was a major breakthrough if you think about it. And every year, I'm, every year I, I, have mon- I have these breakthroughs all the time, and it, it makes me a better coach. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I get to share that inside DVA with all our members. Um, and again, if you are interested and you want to get these breakthroughs with me or hear these breakthroughs too, yeah, just join the waitlist for DVA and you get in when it opens up back in 2021. Um, but yeah, so I hope you got a chance to take away some stuff about efficiency. I hope you make it part of your practice. But and again, players and coaches, this is for both of you. So both you got both players and coaches need to understand how to implement efficiency and how important it is. All right. Hope you got some value out of this episode. Um, listen, if you uh, haven't rev- given me a, a review or rated, please do me a favor, rate and review the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and again, if you want more information, listen, you can go to coachbtraining.com. Um, join the join the waitlist though at digitalvolleyballacademy.com. And hey, I'm on Instagram. Um, that's the best place to reach me at. So Coach, or sorry, Brian Singh underscore Coach B. Hit me up on the gram. Let me know what's going on. Uh, you can always find a ton of uh, little mini videos there where I give little daily tips on it. Oh, and I forgot to mention my Telegram channel. Oh, yeah. I have a private Telegram channel that I give um, a daily advice to, like little, little snippet tips when I think of something. And I try to do it every day. I've been actually loafing a little bit the last couple of weeks, but um, it's, it's, very, it's, it's, it's consistent. Trust me. So join that Telegram group. That Telegram group's good. Um, I actually don't have a link for it. Just, just hit, hit me up on Instagram if you want to join that Telegram group, and I'll, I'll send you the link. All right. Have yourselves a great day, and I will see you next time on the next episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training, and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.